Welcome to the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. I'm your host, Harriet Blevins. This podcast is designed to empower, educate, and encourage women of all ages and stages of life in their walk with God. Our goal and intent is to provide you with the best content and topics relevant to your lives as Christians. We will have conversations with other leaders all along the way and discuss topics all of us want and need to hear. I'm so happy you're here, and I hope you enjoy the journey with me. Hello, beautiful people. I am so happy you are joining me on today's episode of the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. I want to first and foremost say a genuine and wholehearted thank you. Life has a way of swallowing up our time and our energy, and I know today that you could be doing a lot of other things, so I want you to know how grateful I am that you're joining us today. We always want this space to be empowering for Christian women, a place where you can come and hear the truth of God's Word in an unashamed way, and a place where culture is not ignored but leaned into, a place where we can grow and hopefully learn something new. On today's episode, I have the privilege of interviewing my daughter, Bailey Holmes, who is the Life Church Creative Director, about her life in ministry and kind of the steps in the journey that has led her to such a space. So I want to say welcome, Bailey. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, what the people in the podcast world do not know is how much you have helped me with this podcast. So you're not just a creative director. Um, which creates all the print material and all the graphics that we as the church see and take in on social media, on Sundays, any print material, any videos, all the things. You're doing all the things. People don't really know that. If you find a typo, then no, I don't. (laughs) <laughs> the typos and that they haunt us, yeah, don't they? Do. They haunt us. Why we have to edit and re-edit well, and redo it, redo it. But um, I just wanted today to have you on the podcast because I think you have a very interesting position that a lot of people may not understand, and they may not even understand how you got. They may think because you're the pastor's daughter that you landed this position. They don't understand how you got from point A to point B, and there's a whole journey in there that God has taken you on and how all that has happened. Uh, Bailey is married to Lachlan Holmes, her husband, her her big, tall Australian husband, and he is our youth pastor at Life Church. And together, they make quite the dynamic duo. So they we have a big time band family in ministry. So today, um, though, I wanted to have her, and I just want to ask you, Bailey, a few questions. So you answer as much of them as you want to, <laughs> and you may want okay. to say to me. I don't really have an answer for that, because okay. I'm going to ask you some oh, kind of in-depth questions. Okay. Um, I'm ready, I'm ready. Yes, yeah, so uh, first, the first question I want to ask you is, how much fun are we having with a new baby in our family? Oh, so much. Not my new baby. Well, it's, it's, oh, it's not her new baby. It's her brother. It's her brother and Amanda's yes. new baby. Um, but, I mean, I'm obsessed with her. Yes. I literally think I tell you, like, every day, I'm like, why didn't you bring her to the office I know. tonight? I know. I know. I, I keep, I'm not sure if it's normal what we're all going through with this we baby, are, but we're, we're all obsessed. obsessed and so, to shout out to Amanda and Eli, thank you for the greatest <laughs> gift ever. <laughs> we're having so much fun. Okay, so now on to the interview. <laughs> what do you wish that everyone understood about your job? Um, I think most people probably think that my literal job is I am this Sunday morning photographer. Actually, I know that's what they think because that's what I get asked all the time. Oh, do you, like, 
and, or like that I don't actually work full-time at the church. So my job is actually a full-time position at our church, and it includes a lot more than just taking pictures on a Sunday, which is part of my job and part of what I love to do and actually part of how I got to this position, but it's like 5% of my actual job. So I had never even thought about that. Oh, yes, yeah. I get asked all the time like the shadows on Sunday taking photographs. Yeah, which I mean, I don't really care, like whatever. Yeah, but I do think it's funny that most people think that my only job here is I just take pictures. Hour, four hours on a Sunday. Now, uh, you, have, you use a term sometimes that I don't quite understand, and we are now sitting oh. inside the Signal Fire Media Studios <laughs> with our friend Ron. He probably is going to laugh at me too for saying this, but what is it when you say you're taking B-roll? B-roll? What like, does that mean? That's like when, you know, like if you're on social media or you see like a highlight video or something, and it's kind of just all of the extra clips that are happening in a service. It's not like a sit down like documentary style or testimony okay, style. It's yeah. just like all of the extras. It's the videos that are happening while the event or something is going on. Okay. So yeah, I do a lot a lot of that. So it's not the main event, it's the B roll. It's the yeah well the B roll is the clips of the event. It's like clips the, of the event. Okay. Yeah, like it's just. I never quite yeah. understood what that like, means. You're just taking B roll. You're just getting all of the extra stuff. Like it's all the. Yes, yeah, it's just all the extras. It's okay. The, the clips that are the candid clips. Okay. I'll call it that way. Okay. That's probably the easiest way to describe it. Yeah. What is a commonly held belief about your role that you passionately disagree with? Um, <clears throat> I have a few on this one because you gave me these questions ahead of time, so that was really helpful. Um, so I did think about it. So I have three different ones, okay. and they're going to hit three different lanes. So the first one's kind of funny. It's number one, and it's more like creatives as a whole, not necessarily like church creative director. But first, the first one is I am that I think is so funny that people think that if you're a creative, you have to be like really good at like DIY. Like I love to do arts and crafts, and I actually hate to build to do any DIY stuff. Like I'm so so bad at them. I never want you to ask me to have to build or do or create anything. Like I, if I can just buy it, I'm going to. So that's my first one. My second one is a little probably stab a little bit at the creative industry as a whole. Okay. I hate the notion that creatives in order to be seen as creative or like, you know, on the edge of creativity, it, you almost have to go with like a darker, edgier, mm -hmm. almost like a perverted role in the secular creative industry. Mm -hmm. And I really think that that's such a knock on like what creativity is, considering it's always for the glory of God. And so people who feel like you have to get darker with it for it to be more creative. I hate that because mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, that's yeah. such a backwards notion of what creativity is. And then to the, um, I'm going to call it to our religious folk, all right? <laughs> what I hate is when creativity is looked down upon in church. And thankfully, we have a church that has yeah, that appreciates given it. such yeah. a platform for that. But there's always, you know, the people who don't like things like, why are, you know, why is there fancy lights or big productions of things and I my question to that is always then do creative roles not have a place in the kingdom of God do they not get a serving role in the kingdom of God yeah, because I mean good. those are people's gifts and talents that you're knocking on that the Lord has given them and so you know I think those are probably my one funny but two kind of yeah different areas of that I just Wonderful. I always I have like, like a little passion point there I guess for those kind of two things it's, well it's big it's really yeah. true but can you imagine what people wonder what they thought about Michelangelo when he laid on his back four years and painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel right can you imagine if we didn't have that beauty that art right and all of that I mean how 
And honestly, I think that the church is lacking in some some of that. Mm. For sure. Mm. The church is lacking in original arts, too. Yes. We've got a nod over there. We're in agreement all here in the studio. Yes. That's really good. So when you first started as the creative director, what is something that was more challenging than you thought it might be or what you expected? Literally every single thing that I ever did. Um, So, so much of my job is self-taught. Like, I didn't necessarily go to school to get a degree in social media or graphic design or photography. Let's stop right there. Bailey's background is uh, she went here locally to high school at Coastal Christian, and three weeks after high school graduation, we took her to Sydney, Australia, and left her there at the Hillsong International Leadership School. As you do with your 18-year-old. And it was quite scary to leave your daughter on the other side of the world at 18 years old, but there is where she got a massive biblical foundation to her life, her ministry, and all the things. So when she moved back, we, no one was sure how all that was going to play out and how this role opened up was really interesting. So yeah. I just wanted to yeah, give yeah, the yeah. listeners a little background of For your sure. education. Um, yes, yeah, so when I came on as a creative director, I had so many ideas, but then it was learning how to put the skills to the ideas of what I had. Um, and then six months after I took the position, COVID hit. And so I went from being a graphic designer to being an online church producer in a matter of one hour when we decided that we were taking the church fully online like everybody else in the entire world did. Um, so that was probably the most difficult season. Just It was quite a like a whirlwind. Um, it was like a 180 of all the skills I had been learning for six months. It was like, we're going to put that on pause for a second. We need you to learn how to produce an online experience. <laughs> Sunday yeah. experience. So it did not come without its frustrations and fears and mm-hmm. mental breakdowns, but we got there. God bless everyone around me. And my poor husband was the same. Well, and our friend, uh, Justin Brackett, who at the time worked for Lakewood Church in Houston, so we want to give him a shout-out. He did yeah. help Haley. I had a lot of people. I had a lot of people give me a lot of She had a lot of people who helped her and, get us up and going during that time yeah. because it was a very different kind of season yeah. than what we had had before. It was. Yeah, that was something that I never want to go back to. What's one tool that you always carry in your toolbox no matter what project you're working on? Okay, this is the one that I had the hardest time with. Okay. And I don't know why, but I think for me it wouldn't necessarily be like a tool as in a skill, maybe Mm -hmm. just a mindset, Uh Uh, specifically in church. So I think for me it's like I like to have the idea with every project that we're working on that it's pointing back to like the reason that we're doing it. And so it's making sure that the mindset behind every video, every graphic, every event that we do, every campaign that we launch, every single thing is pointing people back to life in Jesus. Yes. And so that really helps give a lot of parameter, but it helps us in how we tell stories and how we build out certain just areas of church life that are like ways that we show life in Jesus, but mm-hmm. also that they point people to yeah. life in Jesus. It so, can kind of seem vague, but it's not when you Yeah, it no, it, it helps get rid of the excess. Because, you know, for yeah, me, I can yeah. have four million ideas around one project every single day of my life. <laughs> and, you know, but having that kind of filter system of, is this actually the goal and the mission of what we're trying to achieve right now? It, it helps us pretty much frame everything. Yeah, that's good. That's a good toolbox. You um, you know, what uh, a lot of people may not know about you is you really don't fit the frame of creatives in that even though you you very much are a little free spirit before the Lord, you are a very goal-oriented um, 
Love a to-do list. You love a to-do list, and you really aren't <laughs> very, very creative. Somehow. You're not really. Uh, it's not flexible. Is not the right word. Spontaneous. You're you're way more intentional. You're an intentional person with your time, with what you do, and it's quite the combo when you put those two together because it makes you very productive and industrious, and you get a lot of ground cover because <laughs> you, you yeah. know, you you really are, and you're the the exact opposite of a dark and twisted type <laughs> of personality. You yeah. know, you have a you have a real lightheartedness yeah. about you, but you are very serious when it comes to your work and what you're producing. Um, for the glory of God, and it's just a cool, cool thing. Okay, so what do you wish your younger self, now I know you're 20, turning, what, 27 this year, what do you wish that your younger, even younger self, knew about this current role that you're taking on? Um, I think that I, that I was capable of it. Mm. I think, when, especially, well, being 26, I'm like, what am I, is my younger self like my 17-year-old self? <laughs> my, four-year-old though but like if I was to look at like high school Bailey at 17 like I was driven I was wow I was a little over the top Uh um in terms of like the things I wanted to do and accomplish and lead and be a part of and and I don't know create like the role of like a creative didn't really fit like who I was in I was much more like type a Mm -hmm. wanted to have the best grades wanted to be the best of everything Mm -hmm. unhealthily but you know I think knowing now like what I've been able to learn and accomplish and just even having space in like the creative industry like I never would have thought that that was a lane that I'd ever go in even going to ministry school like I didn't necessarily think this would be the lane that I'd find myself in but it was you were bound for Chapel Hill so yeah so it was when I was in ministry school and I was, you know, just in a different environment that you're opened up to just so much different perspective and you're opened up to different ways of doing things that are, I feel like it really fueled like a creative side of me to come back with ideas of new ways of doing things or new, you know, just ways to like visually make things appealing or to make people love and be attracted to church again. Yeah, um, yeah so I think I would just tell my younger self like there's actually... There's actually so much more for you than you can see right now. I mean, every year I think I think that, and every year, you know, God shows me more, and every season has looked different, and even what I thought ministry looked like at 17 years old versus, you know, 26 going on 27 has looked like is massively different. When I was 17, I thought the only lane of ministry was that I had to plant a church, because that's all I knew. Like, I didn't know that you could do... that's what your family did. Yeah, I didn't know that you could, if you wanted to be in ministry, that you could do anything else besides be a church planter's wife or something like that. Like, I was like, that's what we do. We plant churches. (laughs) That's right. Um, But now going, actually, there's so many lanes of ministry, and there's so many ways to minister to people that are, uh, like, it's just such a wide, like, breadth of, you know, places that you can minister to people. So, yeah, that's cool. You know, just allowing myself to be open to all that God could do. It's really good. It's really good. Do you agree with the common perception about your work? I mean, you've kind of spoken to that all yeah, I was like, yes and no. I mean, I think, like I said, the creative industry can be a, a tricky one. Um, I do think that, you know, a church creatives get sometimes a bad rap. Um, so I think for me, I'm like, I wish that people could see all of the beauty that church creatives can offer to mm-hmm. the church world mm-hmm. um, because it is I mean it is it's a it is the first characteristic of God that we see we know that he is creator that is the first thing that we know about God in the Bible and so you know getting to outwork that part of his character 
in a creative sense in the church, I think is a really cool lane of, yes. you know, serving for his glory that I wish just more people kind of could have an appreciation for. Yeah. I agree. I agree. You know, a lot of churches, because they're, they're smaller, and I would say our church is not a mega church yet, but, you know, mega churches are the ones that tend to have the creative directors, you know, because mm-hmm. they have enough financial heft to kind of yeah, bring yeah. those people on. But I would say it's been a real game changer for our church just to help kind of get uh, get us out there, you know, yeah. in, in a beautiful, creative way, fun, you know, fun, all, all kinds like of different fun. just ways, you know, to yeah. get to let the community know that we're here yeah. and who we are and what the church is about and yeah, I mean, you can't read people. Pieces. They don't know that you're there. They, they can't see you. There. Yeah, they just, I mean, we so. just can't hide in our closets, all our <laughs> prayer closets, and just hope somebody comes and finds us, right? Right. So what has fundamentally changed about your work from when you started until today? Um, probably my confidence level. Yeah. I would say, like, just I have a more trust in the abilities that God's given me. Mm-hmm. And if I don't know, I can figure it out, or I can ask somebody or get help as needed. I think when I first started, I lived with the imposter syndrome. Like, I am, because I didn't, like I said, I didn't go to school for this. It right. wasn't what I, I didn't go to school to be a graphic designer or to be a creative director. You know, I went to school to be a pastor, basically, ministry, yeah. you know, yeah. and in youth ministry. And so yeah. I think I did live with that, like, I'm not really meant to be here. I did live a little bit like, oh, are they, you know, are people going to think I just got this job because my parents are pastors or mm-hmm. do that, you know? And I think really having to come into my own, like, no, God's actually called and placed me here for a reason, and I'm going to outwork it to the best of my abilities, and He's going to give me the tools that I need to do it well. Very good. I love that. It's really true. All right, what's the biggest problem, you and your team? And you do have a team now. I do. You have a team, team. Amazing team. So what is the biggest problem you and your team have solved this year in your arena? Um, I think just that aspect of creating the team has been the biggest one. I didn't have a team for about probably three years. Three of the four years that I've been in this role, I didn't really have a solidified team. There's maybe a couple people here and there that would come in and out, or they would start with me or work on certain projects. But it wasn't until probably the last six months to a year that I've had a team of now um, like 10 to 11 people mm-hmm. in our church. A couple more, like I said, that work on like some projects and contract stuff for us. But um, so I think learning for me learning how to be a team leader. Yeah. I can be super controlling in the sense of like, I find it hard to give other people creative control. So personally, like allowing people to have their creative voices shown in our church as well and building that part of them up. Um, but then us, then as a team, learning how to outwork all of these things together has been really fun. Like we did a creative workshop last month and it was like, we hadn't done one of those before and it was just so much fun, everybody getting to be together and we just had fun and we learned a lot. We talked about creativity through a biblical lens. Like it was such a beautiful time together. And so I think finally having that like team feel has been really, really good. Yeah, that's cool. It's really yeah. neat to see all of you guys too, because you can it's see fun. them kind of you know, if you really stop and look, like on a Sunday morning, yeah. you can kind of see them scattered about with their cameras yeah. and their, you know, you know, you know what they're doing. That they're, they're there. That they're there for that service serving, yeah. you know, in their yeah. in their role, you know. For sure. It's really, really kind of cool. So what is a concern that you have for your next team meeting? Oh, everything right now is new building, new building, new building. Yeah. So we are, I don't even know when this is going to air, so when it does, we may 
or may not already be in this new space or we're about to be in this new building, but we are creating all new systems, you know, just widening our capacity to do so much um, more than we've just been able to do in the last couple of years. And so finally having a team to outwork all these ideas. And so we are really going to be kind of hitting the ground running on like, how can we make this team actually not just have a lot of great ideas, but actually implement things that make a difference. Yeah, that's good. That was going to be my, my next is what's motivating your team right now, and it's the new building yeah. and all the what all's coming. Yeah, I think everyone's just excited. It it does feel like such a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of just rejuvenated everybody a little bit to serve again and be a part of what's happening yeah, in so good. the church and in our church. And so, yeah, it is very exciting for now, for sure. Um, all right, what is one initiative on your whiteboard that was not there 30 days ago? Ooh, that is a great one. I mean, right now, on my, for me personally, as the team leader, I am creating a lot of new roles and responsibilities. So as we're onboarding people, we can have a lot more areas of delegation um, that are in line with what people love to do. Um, also, just, I guess, being more intentional with, like, the discipleship side of it as well, because at heart, like, before I'm a creative director, like, I do like to minister to people, like, yeah. just be a part of people's lives and that journey. So just allowing that to also flow into what I do, not just be a really good, like, taskmaster, because mm -hmm. I don't want to be just that. Yeah. So for me personally, I would say just, like, learning how to be a better team leader. That's on my personal whiteboard. For our team, I mean, we have... A lot of stuff coming out. We got grand openings. We got Christmas potentially a flourish. We don't know. Yeah, Maybe yes. Oh, yeah, okay, we're still going for sure. Um, so we're just in the middle of beginning to. I'm going to try finalize to all have that. a big sisterhood Christmas night. Yeah. So we are yeah. in the process of a lot of events coming up that we are planning for. So that's probably like on our team whiteboard in terms of like a tangible to do. Right. I got two more questions for you. If you had 10 times the budget that you have right now, what would you spend it on? What would be the first thing you spend it on? I think I'd hire somebody. Yeah. I think I'd hire someone that could like full-time do this with me. Yeah. Um, my team of volunteers are absolutely amazing. And the fact that they... But it's can, like you can only be one place. Yeah, but the time. fact that they, in that they can serve as much as they do is truly, literally like... Oh, yeah. All, it's like a supernatural thing that we even have. <laughs> I'm like... The fact that people are willing to serve as much as they do literally blows my mind all of the time. Um, but I think having someone that is, like, dedicated to, like, this is the only thing else that they do outside of, you know. Because yeah. Yeah. even with volunteer, like, you're still relying on work schedules and having to work. So just having somebody that I could tag team with and delegate and we delegate. could kind of, yeah, like, almost like clone myself would be yeah. so nice. Um, <laughs> but, like, a better version of me probably. Yeah, that's, um, good. that's good. Yeah, so that would... What was what was the question? I well, if you had ten times ten times buddy, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I would upgrade equipment. Yeah, that is always the I would upgrade, upgrade, that's upgrade. What, that's what every single cameras, right? brand yes. new equipment. Yes. So it's very expensive. All that technical equipment is a yeah. lot. All right, here's your last question. Okay. How do you get yourself out of work slumps or ruts? Okay. I have. I will say I'm very rarely, I think, in a creative slump. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to work. I'm just no, like, I don't want to. brain never physically turns off. It I, my brain never doesn't, turns off. What, never, ever, ever, ever. And if it's not three new projects, it's four. Like, it's, <laughs> um, but I will say, like, places that I find inspiration, that if I am feeling like I'm not really sure 
what I want to do, where I'm going with something, I just kind of feel stuck in a certain spot. I love, I'm a visual person, so magazines are probably my top one. I love magazines because I love the visual aspect of the combination of graphics and photography with the tech. Like, all of that together is really inspiring to me. I mean, even things like looking at things that other people have done or other churches have done, going through Pinterest, going through Instagram, like finding different people that I can glean from and get, you know, ideas and inspiration from. Um, I love, I am a introvert, yes. 100%, so yes. when I'm feeling burnt out, I need to be by myself, so whether that's like I take a long drive by myself, I go sit at the beach by myself, I go on a long walk by myself, and it's often in those places, and like when I say by myself, I mean like I won't even take like, I don't listen to anything, like I need like literal silence. And I feel like the Lord really speaks to me in that way. And it's probably because for like one second, he's like, finally, like you're <laughs> doing something else. But um, that's a lot of times with places where I get like my biggest or maybe not my best ideas. But, you know, yeah, like things sure. really yeah. come out of those moments of like solitude or just being with the Lord. And then also, also just reading my Bible. Like I get a lot. It will be often that I'll catch like one phrase of a verse and I'm like, oh my gosh, I should make an entire project based off of this one phrase of this <laughs> yeah, verse. Yeah. And so I just think the, the Lord really speaks to me in those kind of ways. So mm-hmm. that's, probably, that's probably how I would get out of it. You're work. also a, um, I would say at your age right now, you're very well-traveled for your age and travel also sparks creativity. That's and true. That's something I have always found with you from yes. the time you were very small. Yes, I do love to travel. That, it always kind of opens your, your mind and your vision, yeah. you know, to a broader Absolutely. Thing. Yeah, Absolutely. that's really cool. That's really cool. Wish I could do it more. Well, will One you day. say a prayer for us, and Absolutely. then I'm going to let you do our tip of the day, and I have a question for okay. you. Okay, okay. I'm like, oh, I got to So pray us out. Okay. All right, well, God, we just thank you so much for just this time to get to talk about all of the amazing things that you are doing and I've done. And so, God, I just pray for every um, every person that is listening to this podcast recording right now, God, and we ask that you would bless them, that you would just fuel inside of them just the calling that you have placed within them, that you would begin to show them how you are creating, even in their own life and their day-to-day, that you would um, give their hands something to do and work on, God, that would just be something that glorifies and lifts you up. And so... We just thank you for all you're doing in us and through each and every person listening today, God. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So I'm, I've kind of queued you up here yeah. for the tip of the day because I didn't no, tell you no. that this was going to so, be something. Um, but right. Everyone that knows you knows that you truly do have a love-hate relationship with social media. That's fact. And so you love it. Because it's job security, because, you know, you are on it, and because you have to keep all these accounts yeah. going and all the things, but you hate it because it puts a demand on your attention and yeah. your time, um, and you also kind of hate the space of it sometimes, what the dregs of society that it gets us, yeah. you know, kind of, it, it, yeah. it can take a turn for the worst. So how, what would you say you know, to those listening of how do you keep those things? Because it's your job, part of your job. It's yeah. not your job. It's yeah. part of your job. But how do you keep that separated out, almost like the wheat and the chaff? How do you do that, um, even just for your own mental health, your own, uh, your spiritual health, really, to keep your eyes on the Lord? And, you know, there's a lot of people listening yeah. out there, Bailey. They don't go to the beach without their phone because they have yeah. to document it. Right. And they have to post about it. And they have to. So how did you get yourself to this place where you can divide and make a boundary as well as you do that? 
Yeah. I mean, personally, like with my own personal media account, so personal social media account, I found that, like, for me not... Because I used to be the person that I do documented every single thing under the sun that I did. And, you know, I've gone through the phases where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I should do this and become a famous Instagram, some, some, some. You know, like, I think yeah, every single human being <laughs> yeah. has probably gone yeah. through that, that except yeah. for maybe Lachlan, because he mm -hmm. doesn't use social media. Mm -hmm. But every other person has probably gone through that. Um, and so for me, I think I got to the point where I was like, people literally don't care what I post. <laughs> Like, they don't care. Literally, no one cares they don't what, care I what I'm doing today. They don't care what I did for lunch today. They don't. Good. I mean, you do you and post yep. if you want, and I still do. I mean, if you follow me, I still post oh, stuff sure. all the time. Yeah. But you know, I've just found that I'm like, it's actually some things are really nice to just kind of be between you and yourself. Like I have yeah, found, like good. I love the relationship with myself yep. enough in my own life, and I love my own life enough to not feel the need to have to like put everything out for other people. I don't really need people to validate whether my life is fun or not. I like my life and I'm mm -hmm. cool with that. I, honestly, to most people, it's not probably not fun. I like go to bed at like nine o'clock and I'm in bed at like 7.45. Like, it makes you yeah, but I'm feeling great. <laughs> it makes um, you in terms of like my work-life balance with it, I think like I have had to be super intentional on like taking time off. I will say I've not always been great at it. This past May on my sabbatical was the first time in probably five years that I've ever taken Probably more than like three or four days off of social media fully mm -hmm. in at least five years. Mm -hmm. um, and wow, it was amazing. It was so, so good. good. Yeah, so good. Um, so yeah good. but I have found that I, if we can remember that social media is just a tool, uh -huh. like yeah. it doesn't have control. Yeah. Like I think we always think like social media is the devil. And I'm like, yeah, but you, it only has as much control as you give you it. it. I'm like, it's literally a tool. And it. so I think for me, I'm like, social media can be such a good thing depending on how I allow myself to use it. And so I've just learned my parameters. I learned my boundaries. I learned when I've had enough. I know when I need to take breaks. I try to take a break every week and just have a day where I'm not on it, or at least for like part of the day or whatever it may be. Um, so work, I've learned how to schedule things out and plan better and really pre-post and you know, all of these kind of things. So yeah, so I do have a love-hate relationship with it, but. But you figured it out, the I, way that works I've for you. I've tried, yeah, I mean, it's about, once a month and I'm like, I am getting off everything and I'm going off the grid and yes. I'm moving to the middle of nowhere and I'm gonna Yes. Yeah, so so. Those conversations don't we? So about one day if I disappear, we, just know that's where I'm gone. Yeah, moving at we're gonna go live off the land. And go, we don't need anybody. I can't grow anything <laughs> to save my life. But I'm gonna be a homesteader. <laughs> we're gonna starve. We, we do, we do. Starve you know what you know what happened to me this week? Um, let me okay, so it's August Twenty third. Yeah. Is that the date today? Yeah. August twenty third when we're recording this. And on August twentieth I was put in Instagram jail. <laughs> so I don't really know what I did or said. I don't think it was anything that I said on Instagram that made mm -hmm. Zuckerberg's really mad or really mad. Um, but they put me in jail till the 28th, so I'm still so five days. I'm still in Instagram. You can't post so this is the deal. I can post, but I can't comment on anyone's post. Huh. I can like, I can <laughs> share, but I cannot comment. So I can't okay. use my words. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they've put me in jail. So and it actually feels Ooh, great. Like, I'm like, oh, goodbye. Yeah. That's so fine. <laughs> it's so good with me. Uh, the only thing is I don't want my, my people to not think I'm... Don't worry, we're yeah. fine. No, yeah, y'all are all good, aren't you? We know. So, okay, well, Bailey, thank you so it's much fun. for being with us today. Yeah, yeah we'll have Thanks you back. When me. we get in the new building and it gets ramped up to a new level, we'll have you back, maybe you and some of your team back, yeah. and that would be great. The other thing Sounds Bailey good. does that really is, I would say, her precious heart is tied to is youth ministry. 
And I will say that she has some things in the work on that on that front too because her brain never shuts off. Remember that part. And so we're going to talk about that in the days ahead too. Um, Kind of what some of that's going to look like in the coming months, days, and years ahead. So it's going to be great. So thank you for being with us today. Hey, all of you out in the Sisterhood and Co. podcast land, we want to thank you again for joining us today on today's episode. I hope you heard something that really inspired you. Um, that maybe maybe made you think about your own creativity, the places where God has called you to be creative, and you always thought that that had to look one kind of way. And maybe, you know, hearing Bailey's story and part of her story has set you free from that mindset. So we hope you'll join us again on the next episode of the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. Go make your life awesome.